Hello and welcome to this week's French Football Weekly podcast. And we are the podcast that sends our absolute smiles of joy to the household of Emmy Martinez. I need people with me this afternoon to discuss French football. I'm sorry, I had to get it in. You know I had to, didn't you, Jess? Uh, Jess, how are you doing this evening? Uh, yeah, not too bad, thanks. Good, 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 good. Uh, karma, as they say, is a bitch. Uh, good to have you aboard. And Phil, welcome back, of course. How are you? Hello, I'm Fred. Good, good. Fantastico. I saw your new bathroom. That looks rather uh, rather funky. I am very pleased. I thought you might be. How's the cat? As, is the, as is the cat. Yes, it's going to say, yeah. It's always the first thing, isn't it? When you get something new in the house, the cat has to approve. So. Well, good. he's mostly just happy that there's no longer men building things in his yeah. environment so it's like no this is my space get out yeah now the, the home is where the cat is we just live in it as they say but anyway enough feline adventures one week we shall launch into uh this week's show we're going to have a bit of a bit of a league art a bit of a european flavor so a bit of a cross pollination if you will so we're going to start with the european games of last week uh, and we'll start with with the good. And uh, I'd like to start with Jay Stadium for that. And Phil, I'll, I'll start with you, because I know you were sort of quite keen to follow Nott's progress in this game with Juve. And uh, ended in a 1-1 draw. And I think it's fair to say that that Nantes, and in particular Alvin Lafont, judging by his celebration, very much enjoyed their evening because they, I think they, they did really well to come out of this with a draw and maybe could have taken a bit more. They were They were excellent on the night. Yes, they were. I mean, it looked a little bit nervy um, at the beginning and Juve um, scored on 13 minutes, uh, which obviously didn't help matters much, but they kept their cool, maintained their form, uh, as it were. And yeah, on the hour mark, who else but Ludwig Blass um, got the equaliser and they were really, you know, Pushing forward, there was nervy minutes at the end as well, as there was a bit of a penalty shout. They played about 15 minutes of extra time as well, which won't have done anybody's blood pressure any good. But, um, no, it's a decent result to go away and get that. And hopefully, um, in the the return leg, uh, get the not uh, yellow wall up and functioning to see if they can um, pull something out of the bag. Um, in the home leg so I think as you said that was a good performance and a good result even though it wasn't a win yeah yeah 100% I, I felt like watching it as well uh, I felt like Juventus really under underestimated what what not were and um, and their supporters had a lovely evening as well so and as you say Ludovic Blas who else he's had a, a really good season and elsewhere Jez I'll come on to one of the other teams in action at Monaco uh, this one really caught me uh, sort of by surprise, not particularly by the end result, but how the end result came. And I, I say the end result, which was a 3-2 victory for Monaco away in Germany at Leverkusen. We've, we've had a fairly decent season. Um, they were gifted a, an own goal from Lucas Radetzky for Musa Diaby, who we all know well, equalised Florian Burtz, put Leverkusen in front. But Krepp and Diata with 50 minutes to go. And then if I'd have said to you that uh, Axel de Sassi will pick the ball up just inside the opposition half and rattle one in from 25 yards. You probably said I was on something of a, of a, of a hallucinogenic, possibly anyway. Um, but that was a hell of a strike. And you have to say Monaco now go into the second leg as favourites to progress from this tie. Would that be a fair assumption? 
Yeah, I mean, carrying carrying a, a a lead into the home leg, obviously on paper, that that's an advantage. Um, I think that you know Nantes coming back and and Monaco showing a lot of character and entertainment value. I think is is it's good for sort of obviously the the coefficient and all of that lot, but also I think it's just good for French football's kind of. Um, uh, image inferiority complex or um, pride yeah Yeah. and you know we get definitely our fair share of bad results and um some good results but we often maybe it's a bit harsh but I, i get the sense that often we don't show a lot of character if we go behind we stay behind that kind of thing um and so to to see these two two results and the second one in in what was a fabulous match and especially at the end it really could have gone either way i think Maybe I can't even remember now. Maybe Leverkusen hit the post quite near the end as well. Um, It had a bit of everything. And to see um, French clubs sort of going toe-to-toe with the Bundesliga club, not necessarily just in terms of not saying Bundesliga is the best league in the world, but I I still think consistently it's probably the most entertaining league. I think whatever people say about the Premier League, I I think Bundesliga matches are the most fun and for a French club to sort of go toe-to-toe and come out on top of one of those topsy-turvy matches is is really good to see and you know just hope that some of these teams and some of this form kind of carries over into the second leg and we'll we'll come come to the not so good results soon but um, Hmm. these two were I thought really good for I'm not going to say an advert for Liga but just really positive for I think where where Liga is at now and as usual you know it's done down because PSG often look like being the only team that can win the league and all the players being sold all the time but as we all know there are some very good players there are some very good young players coming through and and it's just good to see um, teams sort of backing themselves especially in Europe where we said so often the frustration is they work their asses off to get into Europe and then sort of capitulate or don't even try once they're there yeah yeah it's almost like all that work for for what so to speak um as for de Sassi, i think he's probably one of those players who probably tries three or four of them a match and most of them end up you know, right doing them in monaco they probably end up somewhere in nice but yeah it's a good time to, to get that one on target yeah 100 yeah it was a banger and uh the celebrations were very much enjoyed uh, we take the rough with the smooth they feel and Unfortunately, Wren did suffer a narrow defeat. I don't think it's curtains for them, though, because this was the away leg in oh. traditional Donetsk, which is a, a tough place to go. I think I think it was probably played in... Was it in Poland? It was in Poland. Yeah. Um, but Toko Okambi's goal um, gives them some hope going into that second leg, doesn't it, after a 2-1 loss? Yeah. And I think also we've got to remember that um, Shakhtar were in the Champions League and uh, one of the clubs have dropped down. Mm. So, you know... Just because they're not in one of the big leagues doesn't mean they're not a big team. They were just better organised and more, uh, what's the word, percussion, mm. more penetrating. That's there probably the word um, going forwards. But yes, I mean, Carl Toko can be getting that goal back does give them, give them some hope. They've not had a good set of results going up to that as well with two, three 
defeats in the league. So it just looked like Wren were having a bit of a wobble and maybe that game came at a, a bad time. But if they can pull themselves together again a bit, um, hopefully they can put in a better performance in the home leg. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned Nice. I was kind of confused why, uh, why I couldn't see any uh, Europa Conference thingy, what's it, um, fixtures on Lekeep. Of course, Nice topped their group. So they go directly to go and collect two hundred pounds. Yeah. While the games that happened on Thursday and this coming week are the eight runner-ups playing the eight third-place Europa teams, who I presume I just assumed they were out of it and done with all of this, and so we're kind of unhappy to get um, dragged back in. So Nice will be in European action again at some. Point. Absolutely, that was, was the sound of the agent coming that through there. So confusing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is a weird old thing. I, I, one thing I would say is, I watched four of these playoff games in in the Europa League, and they were all, by their own account, pretty entertaining. So, if that continues, then I'm all for it. But you rightly say the second legs of those three Europa games will be this coming Thursday, the 23rd, so three days from now, and we'll know who will join Nice uh, in that second stage. As for the Champions League, the sole uh, beneficiary, if you like, of uh, of that particular tournament, um, our PSG Jazz, and uh, this is where we'll sort of do a bit of semi-transitioning into Liga as well as as well as Europe. Um, all is not well. We'll come on to the league game at the weekend in a minute, but a defeat at home to Bayern Munich. It, it's it's not curtains by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, obviously the second leg. I think in a weird way they might actually be better off in the second leg because they can they can play a more counter-attacking style, which may well lead to the sort of the benefits they'll get from Mbappe's style, for example. But on the night, I mean, they were schooled by Bayern Munich in that first half in particular, and they only really looked especially dangerous when a clearly half-fit Mbappe came on for the last 15, 20 minutes. But a 1-0 defeat, Benjamin Pavard helping out with two bookables, he'll miss the second leg. And of course, it was one of their own, Kingsley Coman, who got the winner, but it it was men against boys for long periods of this game, wasn't it? In that particular first leg. Um, again, I, there's so much going wrong at PSG at the moment, and um, you know we'll come to yesterday's match, which probably sums up so much about PSG better than anything else. But um, you know, just touching on yesterday's, obviously the. It was basically no semblance whatsoever of a team of 11 players, but three of those players happened to be called Mbappe, Neymar and Messi. <laughs> and when they want to, even like in the case of Messi doing absolutely nothing for 90 minutes, he can then score a fantastic free kick and, and win the match. The What I think is scary is despite that, despite Neymar, despite Messi, so much of PSG still comes down to Mbappe. I think partly because of the type of player he is, and as you alluded to, maybe even the second leg will will, will sort of work well because, um, you know, it forces a team to sit a little bit deeper to to avoid being kind of exposed on the on the break, and that's that's what actually Bayern aren't so good at. So um, it should work to his advantage, and and also. You know, we know what PSG have been like the last two, three years when they've come into a second leg with a comfortable lead to defend. So all of this could well work to their to their benefit ultimately. But that first leg for yeah, for 70 minutes, they were 
it wasn't it wasn't even just that they played badly it was just that it was kind of depressing that they and again it goes so much against what we we're just saying about monaco and even not that this is psg you know supposed to be a team of galacticos ready apparently for years to win the champions league they're playing at home against a bayern team that maybe in crisis is a little bit strong but also really in a bit of a mess don't really know where they are a few first teamers injured and psg at home kind of set out to sort of it looked like at some points tried to defend a nil nil Mm. It's just what, what what are you like? It's it's just a little bit embarrassing, really. And then, as you said, a half fit Mbappe coming on after seventy minutes, and it changes the match, which is great in one way because it shows that they can do that. It shows again, it highlights what a great player he is. But it also again almost highlights the embarrassment that with all the riches they've got. They're still waiting for one particular player to come on and, and you know, arguably, I know obviously there's a hell of a lot more to his game. Arguably, all he did was run at the other team with confidence and, and sort of treat them not with disrespect, but not with the same kind of over-respect that all his teammates have been doing for the last 70 minutes. And it just it makes no sense to me at all. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I think with, with Mbappe, it's just like he's, clearly if not the one of the best players in the world um and it, it's almost that reputation alone strikes the fear into the opposition but ultimately like you say PSG was so one-dimensional I felt quite embarrassed actually because I I sat on this pod last week and said I, I thought all the all the journalists were wrong when they said oh you know I would expect PSG to try and just defend the nil I was like no no they'll, they'll try and get something out the first leg and it just didn't come to pass and then what did come to pass on Sunday, Phil, I know you were watching along with this one, was a just crackers game at home to Lille, which they won 4-3, thanks to some messy brilliance. I, I do have to tip my hat to our, our former colleague, um, Mr Gibney, though, because he was not happy when I gave praise to Messi free kick. And I do see his point. I think he said Chevalier's positioning was not the best. But to clutch it in the 95th odd minute was you know, very messy. But that doesn't tell the story, does it? Because... I think we had there was a moment when the um when Campos was was on the touchline and screaming at the players. I mean, like that can't be good for Galtier, can it? And I'm just um, briefly going back to the Bayern game. The uh, another thing I think that that made a difference and helped them look a lot better in the last fifteen minutes was I think Coutinho came on. Mm. Um, so that as well as um, Obviously, Galtier couldn't start with his preferred attack. So we've got a 16-year-old playing um, uh, up against Bayern Munich, which might be a bit of a bit of a stretch. He, he didn't start with basically his best midfield either. When Bettina came on that alongside Verratti, that did seem to kind of sort things out a bit. But the notes in the future, they averaged 3.9, mm. um, which is not good. Um it does have to be said that I think Apamecano was great. Uh, yeah. Jan Sommer in goal for Bayern was good as well because shots on target it was four to six. They just didn't. They just didn't do enough, and then they come out roaring out of the traps against Lille on um, on Sunday. The uh, Saturday, sorry, the uh, surprising early match for them. 
um, scored two goals inside 20 minutes. You thought, oh, oh Lord, here we go. They're angry. Um, and then Neil really, really pulled it back. Uh, another great performance from our dear friend, Remy Cabela, um, getting going three, two up. And then it was looking, uh, again, a little bit nervous. And I think what you've seen from Mbappe this week is kind of mounting exasperation throughout throughout the games, a kind of feeling like he has to do it all himself. Mm. And it did work out in the end. But, yeah, that was a close call, but it was great fun to watch. Obviously not if you had a vested interest. It was probably driving you crazy, but um, it was absolute chaos, which was highly enjoyable. Yeah, it definitely, uh, definitely sort of caught me unawares, uh, especially when PSG, as you said, went two 0 up. And there's a couple of other things just to pick up on in this one. Um, in this particular game, we we saw Neymar stretched off with what looks to be a, a well, it looks to be a severe twist or sprain of of the ankle. It was not a good landing as he rode a tackle, so it would appear that he could be out for a couple of weeks. Though I think we're waiting on official confirmation of that. The the face of Mbappe when when Leo went three two up was was quite something, and I know the cameras naturally would pan to him, of course they would, but it did seem for that sort of period where Leo went three two up and and it was very short or short window of which for them to get back into the game, it did appear like the atmosphere was was turning hostile. You you got some views on the Gautier situation and and that as a whole, and I appreciate we've been here before with PSG, but. What did you make of that in particular on Sunday? Yeah, it's, I mean, Campos is clearly, we know he's a very bristly character anyway, and I don't think it's necessarily such a bad thing to see him getting vocal. And I don't think him being there undermines Gautier, uh, only maybe to the extent that people think, oh, Gautier needs his sort of bodyguard with him because um, he can't handle it himself. But I think, you know, I would hope that based on their sort of common past they're still very much a duo and I, I I think ultimately that might be a good thing but I just I mean yeah again I just I think we know that Gautier will take the fall for whatever happens of course he will but it's abhorrent it's just ridiculous I mean as, as Phil said about Mbappe gradually getting more and more annoyed by things okay bad injury for Neymar I feel sorry for him it looks like he might be out for three three or four weeks which means he misses Marseille misses Bayern but yeah. you know for example the after the Bayern match Mbappe said you know we've got an important period coming up we need to sleep well we need to eat mm. well mm. I don't necessarily think that was a pointed dig at anyone else but the next day we see Neymar playing poker till the middle of the night and then being photographed in McDonald's yeah. and a lot of people have said it's his life he can do what he wants I don't entirely disagree but these are you know, sports people at the very top of their game. And and we've seen like in, in so many different sports, it's those tiny, tiny margins that separate the very best or not even necessarily the very best, but the winners from mm. the also-rans. And it's, I think it's not good enough. And especially consistently over several years, it's disgraceful. And you know, Messi hasn't said anything, but Mbappe is where he is and Messi is where he he is because you don't get those kinds of things. I think we said before, you know, Ronaldinho was, okay, he did that, but you felt it was almost like a compromise. Like he wasn't 
doing what Neymar's doing and leaving Barcelona with the stated aim of becoming the best player in the world or with the stated aim of carrying Brazil to the World Cup, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah, I just, I really have a problem with the attitude of Neymar. I think this whole thing about, you know, there's been more and more rumours of, of the, you know, some of the first team players being annoyed with with PSG's recruitment policy and the idea that they've got a weaker team this year than in previous years. You can argue the toss, but, you know, just because Paredes happens to be Argentinian as well, it doesn't mean A, that he was any good or B, even if he is, that he ever performed well for PSG. So don't give me that, you know, Fabian Ruiz is a huge uh come down from the likes of Paredes, for example. I just no, don't buy it. Upgrade, if anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, that there was a very good article in PSG in um L'Equipe today saying, you know, at the time of Laurent Blanc, Laurent Blanc would take a decision. And if Tiago Silva or Zlatan didn't like it, they called NASA. And it says, you know, they called him NASA. They were on first terms with him. And the decision was changed. Then it says during under Thomas Tuchel and Pochettino, the players didn't even bother ringing NASA because they could just they knew that if they were photographed or on social media, you know, having a bit of a temper tantrum or refusing to shake a hand or something like that, the decisions would be changed anyway. This has been going on since 2012, 2013. Nothing has changed. It's still NASA making all these decisions and it's still the coach being undermined. Um, The article says, you know, at Paris, it's the Republic of the players or the monarchy of the sporting directors. Um, But, you know, the one thing is that's clear is that the influence of the coach is limited. Um, If Campos shows a little bit more... I don't know, Naus or Gumption or Bulls than Leonardo, who was, you know, wanted to be matey-matey with the players in the past or Antero Enrique, who just wasn't very good. If he manages to replicate what he's done in previous clubs, then they are onto a good thing. But they need to show the patience with him. They need to show the patience with Gautier. Um, And by patience, that might mean biding their time until Neymar especially, but Messi maybe as well, walk or leave. Mm. Um, with Neymar, I mean, part of the issue, of course, is that everyone knows that Campos is very happy to sell, sell him. Yeah, exactly. And again, yeah. you just thought that Neymar would want to prove a point. And I think during the first half of the season, he looked like he did, although we always suspected that might have been more getting ready for Brazil yeah. than doing anything for PSG. And as I said, it is unfortunate that he's got this ankle injury and, you know, it was a great pass to, to Mbappe, although Mbappe still had a hell, hell of a lot of work to do, which he did brilliantly for the opening goal yesterday. And after the match, Mbappe, whether, you know, he, he wanted to sort of balance out the eating and sleeping comment by saying, I love playing with Neymar because he's the kind of player that, you know, one of the only players who can make those kinds of passes. It's true. But you need to be on your game all the time. And um, it's a dangerous game to think you can just turn it on for any given Wednesday in March or April if you haven't done it for the last six weeks before that or whatever. And Marseille are playing brilliantly and breathing down their neck. So it's not even just Champions League. Yeah. That's, that's so all I'm doing is repeating myself from several times this season and several times <laughs> the last few seasons. And... You know, on Twitter today, I made a comment 
of course it was a flippant comment about oh, at least will be free for his sister's oh. birthday and someone <laughs> someone replied has have you ever had an original thought in your life which was very nice of them um but i realize here on this point i am sounding very unoriginal but that's because we're seeing the same mistakes and the same issues year after year after year and if Gautier and Emery and Blanc and Pochettino and um, Ancelotti and even Comboare, you know, right at the start, we're having the same issues. And if Neymar is doing the same things year after year, and if um, PSG aren't able to buy the kind of players they want because they have to keep within FFP because they've paid certain players too much or paid too much for certain players three or four years ago, then these are bigger issues than whoever happens to be sitting on the bench. And I think um, uh, our good friend um, Jonathan Johnson was on on the continent um, this week. I looked that one out. Um, him and Andy Brussel uh, went in on PSG, um, and he used the phrase "dread and inevitability" about mm. not just the feeling on the pitch. I may have mentioned that Remontada's documentary, which is still very much in my head, but he was also talking about in relation to the fans, because the atmosphere wasn't particularly good at the Parc de France against Bayern. Um, and also, um, after every big match, uh, Le Keep does a poll of the tops and the flops of the game, and against Bayern, Neymar got 53% to be the flop. That's mm. huge. And yeah. this is of 87,000 votes. I mean, there's a lot of polling agencies out there who'd love to have that kind of reach. The fans are seem to be losing their patience and losing their shit and losing their hope and all of this kind of stuff as well. So mm. maybe uh, a barnstorming 4-3 win over Lille is a good thing, but it's also why did we have to do that mm. uh, would be a question. And, of course, yes, it's... Um, the game at the velodrome on Sunday, which obviously is huge. It's massive now, isn't it? Yeah, especially with... Also, like that, that said, like John Johnson did... I haven't seen it so much this year, but yes, but would slag off Pochettino a hell of a lot. Julien Laurence, not as a French pundit, but as a PSG fan, has slagged off Pochettino, is slagging off Gautier already. I understand that for those two people in particular obviously they, they need to keep in with the right people to make sure that they're you know not banned from the part of their plans for example but if PSG fans are also choosing to just put it on the on the coach then again nothing's going to change you know there is still an element of fan power even in Paris mm. yeah yeah I, I, I think I think they're pissed off with several of the players that was my my point yeah I just feel like Again, we said this previously on the, on the show, and we'll, we'll move on from PSG after this. But I, I just, I just feel like it's one of those clubs that you just need to almost strip it and start again. You know, like yeah, yeah, you know, keep keep Mbappe, of course, if you can. Although I think we all probably agree that his future will lie away from Paris, whether it's this summer or next. He's, he's going to go. It's going to happen. Um, but yeah, you know, Messi's obviously coming towards the end of his career. Although it sounds like he'll get another year. But well, so you, you say players. that, but um. This week, at some point, there was there was a story saying, you know, that's gone very quiet. Maybe not. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. And and maybe he will look at it 
at, you know if they if they go out the Champions League for example they may look at it and go actually Miami's quite nice this time of year you know so it's, it is possible it's, but... also, it's just also always amuses me a complete lack of self-awareness amongst players like the PSG players are saying the PSG team is not good enough there's only <sighs> 10, 10 outfield people there you're one of them do exactly. something if you're supposed to be one of the best players in the world do something about it yourself like Mbappe does. And I hate to sound like an old man here, but when the camera cuts to Presno Kimpembe sat on the bench with a diamond stud in his nose, I, I personally, I just go, really? Like, do you know, just, again, it, it, and I'm not against people having designer jewellery or having flashcards, whatever, but know your audience. Like, you're on the bench of a, a worldwide televised, um, you know, massive tournament, and you're sat there like that, like... But he, even even there, I mean, you know, I'm not his biggest fan, but apparently he's quite disillusioned with, again, the fact that it's a lot of per, very good young Parisians being sort of forced out. And mm. he apparently is sort of more allied to the likes of um, Zaire Emery than the bigger stars because he's got that sort of Parisian DNA and would like to see a bit more of that in the, in the team. And he's absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think it's, it's less his jewelry and more. He always looks kind of baffled by life. Yeah, he has he, a he constantly he, con resting, confused face, which doesn't look, inspire confidence. He certainly looks baffled in the tackle at the moment. Since returning, he looks well, well off of it. Um, personally, the only thing I would say in in uh, Lille uh, PSG's defence on Sunday. How that penalty was given, I don't know. Yeah. I know it's Marco Verratti. I know there is a bit of a shirt pull, but. That's soft. That was really soft, and uh, and you do feel for Lille because they 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 more than deserve something from this game, if not the win. They certainly deserve to draw, and they were that, very unfortunate. That's, that's what's been happening to them all season. I think True. they played so much better than their their points total suggests. Yeah, and as yeah. I said, you know there was only one team on the pitch yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Um, speaking of teams, I want to focus on three in a group here, and they they being Strasbourg, Montpellier, and, and Osea. I'll come to you, Phil, first of all, because your team's in amongst that. They, they won all three of them won this weekend. Osea over Leon, coming from behind on Friday night. Montpellier very late uh, against Trois, which also drags them further into the mix. And Strasbourg um, kicking away the blind man stick at Angers. Although to be fair, Angers were they came into it second half, but it was a pretty good watch actually that one Saturday night. But a, a good win for for um, for Antoinette, who's starting off his his run with Strasbourg, and of course Desacarian back at Montpellier. Does that do those three wins give you as a Montpellier fan and indeed Strasbourg and Auxerre sort of uh, reviewer, if you like, give give does that sort of give you that sort of hope and I think um, they can go on from this in a sense the Strasbourg. Um, Angers game was maybe the most predictable of those because even though Strasbourg were down there, they weren't as far down there. So a double from Diallo and they're inching their way up at, away from danger. With Montpellier, that was just a massive sigh of relief, as you can probably, yeah. probably tell. 90 minutes, 90th minute winner from, from Calsary at a you could hear the massive um, expellation of air uh, in the neighbourhood. The one that was the most interesting was obviously Oxair beating OL, who just yeah. collapsed for this weird two-minute uh, period of the second half. Um, I didn't actually watch that game, check the, the 
the results the next day and do it what and I, was, I was sat in the cinema <laughs> i think there were um which of the leon players just said that was unacceptable and the and the, under the the tweet reporting his interview, there were just loads of Leon fans going, "Yep, yep, yep, yep." Yeah. So that was a really bad and surprising situation after a decent set of results. Um, so we have to hope that for them, uh, for for their fans, that that's uh, a, a minor wobble and nothing too drastic but yes those results puts Montpellier in 14th still but they're five clear of Strasbourg in 15th so there's a bit of blue water um, there which I'm pinning my hopes on um, that the bottom six are going to be the ones fighting it out other yeah. um, the five are going to be fighting out because Angers have gone um, yeah. so yes I think it was not um, unexpected um, for Strasbourg, but yeah, that Lyon, also Lyon result was very much um, uh, an interesting one. Let's see if Auxerre can keep going on the Sunday lunchtime game against Lyon this weekend, eh? Yeah, let's hope that that was a very brief return to form and they drop off again. But um, the two new managers in that group, Antonetti and Desacari, I mean, it seems silly to call them new because they've both been around the block a number of times in in Desacari's case at the same club. But do you feel like those two appointments will be the the right ones to, to draw Strasbourg and Montpellier away? from that group and then maybe off there are left to fight it out with the others down there? Yes and no. I mean, I, I just think both teams have got far too much that they should never be near there anyway. Um, mm-hmm. and so to an extent, I don't think it really matters too much who, who who would come in. I don't think, I ultimately don't think either of them will be sort of in the close mix. to going down in the end. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, maybe Strasbourg was a was a sort of big one, and and I think Antonetti, past master at those kinds of sort of promotion slash relegation fights, and obviously recent recently been in that area of the country, you know, coming into two or three players that he already knows very well. I think you know that one makes a lot of sense from that point of view, and to Zakaria and to Montpellier, you know, it's not they didn't leave on bad terms. It's it doesn't feel that surprising that he's ended up back there. Montpellier do seem a club that are very happy to bring back former managers mm. uh, anyway. Um so yeah, I think they're both good appointments, but I'm not sure that I would necessarily have said that any other appointment would have left either of them in trouble anyway. Yeah, yeah, fair point. And uh, nice to see Mark Keller, former French international in the stands back at Strasbourg, uh, I noticed. I haven't he's seen been him there for ages. He's he's been in the club for ages, but I haven't seen him. I haven't like seen him, seen him. If you know what I mean, because he's no. a director, isn't he? I think. Yeah. One of the directors there, but yeah, I haven't seen him for a long time. But um, so yeah, is it me or does Savanier either score or get, or get sent off every single week? <laughs> That's what he does. That's what he does. Yeah, yeah. Another red card this weekend. Um, I must admit, I didn't see the incident, but I did take uh, note you of can that. imagine it. Yeah, I've got um, some, some sort of disagreement, I'm sure. Just one other one I wanted to mention after a bit of an iffy run of form, Lance. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, coming back with a 3-1 win over Nantes, who may have been a little bit tired after uh, their exertions 
last week. So Lance, couple um, of banging goals have, in that game as well. They one in yeah. four or so. So that's good to. They're still in fourth. There's a decent drop down to run underneath them. Yeah. So a bit worried that Montpellier are hosting them yeah. uh, the weekend. But uh, yeah, they seem to be kind of pulling themselves back together again. Um, and uh, hoping to hold on for one of the, the better European spots. Yeah, astute signings there as well. I think Thomason's a good a good pickup and um, a vendor came back in or off the bench again <laughs> this season, this, uh, this weekend. And yeah, a couple Fulgini. of really... They've got Fulgini as well. Fulgini, that's, that's exactly how I was, I was stalling to try and think of the name. <laughs> it escaped me, but yeah, really good signing. And uh, as we mentioned, yeah, a couple of really good goals in that game. Machado scored for the second week in succession with a... A lovely take, and um, Florent Molle with a, an absolute ripper from the edge of the box, which ultimately counted for nothing. Um, elsewhere, as we uh, wrap up the rest of the weekend's action, there was uh, a nil-nil draw between Nice and Raus, uh, following Belligan seeing his penalty saved in that game from Kasper Michael, who's had quite the turnaround in his form. Is he not flow this week then? No, he's not flow. He's, no, he's I. Have to be professional, Jess. You know me. <laughs> <laughs> um, a good win for L'Oreal, who um back to winning ways. A couple of the new signings getting on the score sheet there, Bamba Jiang and Roman Fevre. Uh, a couple of number changes as well, I've noticed. Um, as Lefay's taken the number 80, strangely. I believe it's a tribute to one of his his dad's former teammates, which is quite an interesting one. But anyway, small things. Um, we mentioned that Ren did get back to winning ways, a double from Callum Wendo, seeing off Clermont. Uh, and in the evening game, Marseille winning a really good game, this actually, between Toulouse and Marseille. Uh, a 3-2 victory for Marseille. Another game for Toulouse. Just quickly, I think Callum Wendo is actually one of the sort of people that, that has caused a bit of tension at PSG because I think a few people have said, why did we get rid of Callum Wendo to replace him for Ekitike for 30, 40 million? Mm. Um, Callum Wendo is probably, you know, at least for now, the more experienced, more accomplished player and probably more the type of player that we need. Yeah, was was readily there and available and could have slotted straight in without any any fuss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a very fair point. But good win that for Marseille, who, again, continue to to show up because Toulouse looked good in this, in this game in the early parts and ultimately it was a, a blitz of two goals in, what, seven minutes in the second half that turned the game on its head. And a good win that for Marseille to set up that game on Sunday at the Velodrome. And that one is going to be spicy, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, hopefully anyway. I'd be very disappointed if it ended nil-nil with nothing going on. Um, But yeah, that was the weekend that was in Liga. The um, midweek fixtures, as we said, the the PSG game is next week. So you've got to wait a week for the second leg of that. But the Europa League games uh, do indeed go on Thursday. So we will be... uh, Looking forward to those. As regards to the fixtures upcoming at the weekend, I think Phil touched on a couple of those, but we've got Friday night's Lille-Brest game, which is a pretty big one for Brest, who are very much looking over their shoulders after that defeat to Monaco at the weekend. And Lille obviously looking upwards. Angers hosts Lyon. Um, if Lyon don't get a win in that one, I, I would fear if I, my name was Laurent Blanc personally. Uh, Montpellier hosts Lens, as Phil mentioned earlier on. That's the evening game on Saturday. 
And uh, indeed, Lorient Auxerre is the early game on Sunday. And then the two o'clock games are Ajaxio against Troyes. My goodness me, that's a big one all of a sudden. Uh, Clermont hosting Strasbourg, equally so for the away sides. Nantes against Rennes, that one should be fairly spicy as well. Uh, Rams against Toulouse is the other game in that block. And then the afternoon and evening games, Monaco against Nice, which is also quite a spicy old fixture. Derby of sorts, if you will. That's the 405 game. And then, as we mentioned, the velodrome will be at its raucous uh, best, I'm sure, as Marseille, uh, when I say welcome PSG to town, that might be a stretch. Um, usher them <laughs> into town under blankets, maybe is a better term. But yeah, that, that one with both teams having had a full rest will be very, very interesting. Maybe that's why Neymar got... No, I'm joking. Uh, but I don't think he would have been very popular a figure if he'd have played in this particular game. Good stuff. Okay. Um, which of the... I mean, would it be fair to say that that is the big game of the weekend that both of you would be looking forward to? Yeah, but the Derby du Sud as well should also be... Yeah, agreed. Yeah. I think Ras Toulouse could be great as well. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Yeah, there's a couple of decent decent watches there as, uh, as the fixtures have fallen. So... Um, we shall indeed look forward to those next week. Um, but that is where we will leave this particular week. So um, thank you very much for listening as usual. We wish our French teams in Europe the very best of luck this weekend or this coming midweek. And wouldn't it be lovely to see all three get through? We keep fingers crossed. Um, but uh, for this week, thank you, Phil, very much for your time. Much appreciated. Thank you. And Jez, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. You're very welcome. Right. Uh, until next week, then, as I say, good luck to those teams in Europe and uh, hold on to your bucks. This one could be an interesting weekend. Don't miss that Sunday night game if you have the opportunity to watch it. Until then, though, enjoy your French football and we will speak to you very soon.